Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, another week in the off season. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I think this will, this will be a very interesting episode. We're kind of going to get into some mock drafts for next year, and something to think about when, like, when we looked back in last year's mocks a year ago, when the 2023 mocks first started coming out, and we started just noticing some odd things happening, right? And we were very quick to call those out. We felt very strongly about it. It's going to be fun. We're going to go through kind of some mock drafts and just, yeah, see um, if anything just, so I think sometimes, yeah, NFL scouts maybe just get like a little too smart for themselves. And yeah, I think the the season, the, the football games kind of call, you know, put that into perspective sometimes. So this will be fun. I also think that there's something that can be learned occasionally from these for the college football season that's about to happen. Like, who do NFL people think is better than maybe we realize, or, you know, maybe they're stupid, but also maybe they have a point on some of these guys that we haven't really noticed or whatever. And uh, who who might be better than we expect this year, basically. I, I think potential, like, like these yeah. mock drafts, like it, it may not be realized, um, you know, like certain guys aren't going to realize their potential, but, but it's a possibility, you know, mm-hmm. and if all the cards fall right for this certain team, they like these guys could be first rounders you know what i'm saying and then like they could be dangerous this year so yeah we're looking at potential yeah so today we're going to kind of go through a consensus big board so this is drawing from a bunch of different mock drafts that have come out for the 2024 draft and some big boards and all of that just kind of thrown together and just sort of go through what is the consensus right now i have not spent much time looking at this i wanted to kind of we both kind of wanted to it's not our initial reaction because we've peeked at it, but it kind of right next to that um, right. sort of an initial reaction to what we're looking at. So just starting at the top, uh, number one, actually uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I assume that's probably because of some big boards saying that he's probably the best player in the draft, even though we all think Caleb Williams will go number one, who is yeah. the number two guy on the big board. And then I'll just go ahead and say number three is Drake May. I think those are kind of the, the three obvious guys at the top. Right. You agree with those? Like, how would you order those two quarterbacks right now? Like, do you feel like Marvin Harrison Jr. might actually be the best player in the draft? Or like, what what do you kind of expect? Does that top three make sense to you? Yeah. Um. N- yes and no. I, I, I think Caleb Williams and Drake may right now they're in the top three and they deserve to be. And I think I fully expect a quarterback to be going number one in next year's draft, just like they almost always do. And probably another quarterback to go two or three, like kind of just yep. like they always do anymore. Like that's it's just standard at this point. So uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a little that's yeah, I don't know. That's a little intriguing. Is is he that much different than Jackson Smith and Jigbo was a year ago coming off of a huge bowl game where he played very, very well? And everyone kind of thought the sky was the limit. But then was it? With with Smith and Jigba, it was a lot of injuries and like he, yeah, he, he kind of declared out. I don't know. It just it feels like it feels like we're overhyping him. It does. He's a great player. He's a fantastic player. He's a little overhyped, just a bit. I I think there will definitely be other receivers by the end of next year that have at least caught up to him because r- right now it's viewed like there's a large gulf 
between him and the next best receiver. I think there's going to be other receivers that will play their way up into uh, Harrison Jr. territory. Here's something for you. Here's the difference between him and Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's 6'4". <laughs> and yeah. we saw his dad play. I, was, I grew up a Colts fan. His dad was actually one of my favorite players. And right. just like one of the most incredible route runners the NFL has seen. Um, and fast. But yeah, really it was the hands and the route running. And his son has all that, but he's four inches taller too. Like, right. Um, I think it makes sense to me. I don't actually think he's overrated. Um, I think I would now if I was drafting next year in the draft, I'm pretty sure I would take a, the quarterbacks first. Like I'd take Caleb Williams and Drake May just because of the positional value. But after that, I mean, and if there's no other quarterbacks that are clearly elevated um, from what we're looking at right now, like Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. to me feels like the next guy. Like that makes complete sense to me. The the I okay, so there's there's another name that I, I think we'll, we may even talk about later. Troy Franklin, the receiver out of Oregon. Yeah, I, I think that by the end of next year, like so Bo Nix comes back, right? And that like they'll have another year together. I expect a big year from Troy Franklin. He was great last year. Mm-hmm. I think he will play his way up into first round territory. And yeah, I know I agree with you. Marvin Harrison is the best receiver right now. Like, I think. I don't know. I think there's a difference between being a really good freshman and a really good sophomore to being a really good junior when guys you're projected to go in the first round, you're getting nitpicked. The other teams are tar- are just taking you away, just double covering you, like allowing anyone else to beat you. I don't know. I think it's, I think it becomes harder for certain guys. And I think it's harder for receivers in particular when you can kind of get schemed out. Like you can, they can kind of scheme you away. Like we're just not going to let you throw the ball to that guy. Like someone else is going to have to beat us. Yeah, and I think that's what will happen to Harrison Jr. Like, I don't think he'll have as big of a statistical year again. Like, he's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He's number. He's wide receiver one and deserves to be. I just think, yeah, I think it's going to be harder. I Like, I think that, um, like, Ohio State's other receivers, like Emeka Buka, um, mm-hmm. and they've got some great ones. Julian Fleming's just sitting there, like, former number one receiver in his class. I think, like, they may take some of that production up. I think, like, it'll kind of get spread out a little bit. That makes sense, yeah. Abuka, by the way, is the wide receiver two right now in the yeah. early mocks. Um, you mentioned Troy Franklin. Good call on that one. He's he's wide receiver five right now. I really like the top five. It's the two Ohio State guys, Roma Dunza from Washington, Xavier Worthy from Texas, who is yeah. just like a burner um, freak. I, I still don't feel like he's reached his potential. Troy Franklin, you could say the same thing about at Oregon. At six, you got Johnny Wilson, the receiver from Florida State, which that to me feels like maybe next year's um, the TCU receiver. I already forgot his name. Quentin Johnston. Quentin yeah. Johnston. Tall guy who's lanky and, and runs fast, but maybe has a few too many drops, like more than you would like. Um, sure. I don't like him near as much as the guys ahead of him personally. Sure. Um, yeah, let's continue going down this list after those top three. Number four, you got Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama. Number five, Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia. That would be the highest drafted tight end in I don't know how long. Um, well, Kyle Pitts was four. That's um, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're right. It is rarefied air. And I think like, like Bowers, and obviously I'm a Georgia fan. I watch every single game that he plays, but he's he's the most like there's a large gulf between Bowers and, and tight end two. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
But I do think that he won't get drafted as high as some of these other guys. Tight ends just don't go that high. You know what right. I mean? Like there's, it's just the value is not really there. And you often see tight ends fall. Like I think Bowers might end up going more like 10. It's simply just because people are going to feel like it's too high to take a tight end. And I kind of get that. Like I do. It's maybe a little unfortunate for him, but yeah, I, I think he deserves to be up in the, like in a big board. We're just like the best available. Brock Bowers is absolutely in the top five. I do think that he will be helped by being seen as clearly the number one tight end where this yeah. year, a lot of the tight ends fell because there was a, there was a nice top six or so. Like there was right. a bunch of good tight ends in this year's draft. So that might right. help him a little bit. Um, continuing on Jared verse and Dallas Turner from Florida state and Alabama, uh, both edge players kind of going next verse was supposed to be a first rounder this, this year, but decided to go back to, back to Florida state for another year. Um, Olu Fashanu and Joe Alt, yep. the next two players, two tackles, the top two offensive linemen on the board, Penn State and Notre Dame, respectively. Um, and then rounding out the top 10 is JT Tuimolowau, um, the defensive lineman from Ohio State. Just kind of looking at that top 10, any that really don't make any sense to you or are head scratchers for you? Or do you kind of feel like it makes sense? No, I I mean, I think I think they kind of – Got this right. Like, I I agree with a lot of this. McKinstry, you could argue a little back and forth. Like, he's definitely – that's definitely – that he has the lowest floor, in my opinion, of all these guys. Sure. <laughs> like, with, with all the rest of them, we kind of know, like, Caleb Williams is going to have a good year. Marvin Harrison will have a good year. Brock Bowers, Dallas Turner. Mm-hmm. McKinstry is – like, it could be great. It really could. And it could also – like, it could be a fairly low floor. Yeah, the the offensive tackles, you mentioned Alton Fashionu. I mean, just really good players. Like, I don't know if they'll go that high. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like it's kind of like a light, like, a. I don't know. There's there's not the elite offensive tackles that we talk about a year or two in advance. Like, sometimes there is. These guys, I think there's going to be an offensive tackle that will end up playing their way up. And, yeah, I'm, I just, I don't feel great about the, the tackles. I, I guess you've watched a bit of Joe Alt. Is he, like, what is... Yeah, what is he? Is it just like really long? Like, is that the, the he's, draw with him? He's actually a really interesting player. He was a tight end most of his high school career. Was a three-star recruit who, I think, his senior year grew to like six seven and put on like fifty pounds. And yeah. thankfully, Notre Dame was on him. Um, he his dad, I guess, was an NFL tackle, so that there was some projection there like that he could project to, to growing quite a bit and as a true freshman which was Kelly's last year at Notre Dame um, they had all those left tackle issues I don't know if you remember that but yeah. he was like the third one in due to injury and immediately it was just oh well we just don't have to pay attention to left tackle anymore and that was as a true <laughs> freshman then last year as a sophomore he was first team all-american and it was yeah, I guess maybe the best thing I can say about a tackle is that you just never notice them because they're never letting anything happen. And that's what that's what Joe Alt is. Like, I really think that the team that drafts him, just plug him in a left tackle for 10 years and forget about it. Like, you're fine. Really? Yeah. Really? Like, I really do think um, he's about as good as I've seen at Notre Dame. They have had a lot of really good left tackles. Ronnie Stanley, um, Mike McGlinchey. Um, Quentin, uh, not Quentin Nelson. He was a, he was a guard, but uh, Zach Martin was a left tackle at Notre Dame as well. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. I think Ald is probably just as good as any of them. Um, okay. Very athletic, like quick feet. Yeah. I can't speak to Fashanu really of Penn State just because I, I don't pay attention to offensive linemen at places like Penn State just all that much just because I can be a little bit too much of a ball watcher when I watch football. Um, the reason I know about Ald is obviously because I'm a Notre Dame fan and I watch all of their games. Um, but yeah, I, I hear good things about him. To me, this top 10, like kind of like you said, like there's nothing just resoundingly terrible about it. Um, JTT, the Ohio State defensive lineman, he's had some really good um, games. I don't know that we've seen him be as consistently dominant as some of the other Ohio State defensive linemen we've seen in the last 10 years. But sure. you've seen you've seen kind of the ceiling. Like he has really flashed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's – I don't know that – I would view this top 10 after the top three. I, I, to me, it feels like there's a pretty clear drop-off after the top three. Uh, I agree. I, I think that, I mean, it's consensus in almost every single, in almost every single mock. It's, it's Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, and Drake May in some particular order. Right. And then, then it's kind of like, well, we think it's going to like Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, edge rushers go high, right? Like, yeah. We might as well throw them up there. We'll include Fashionu and Alt because, I mean, tackles go up there, right? <laughs> like, we just start kind of throwing guys in there that we think may go. JTT, I think he, I mean, I think he could go top five. Like, yeah, I was, I'm actually surprised he's that low. Um, you're, And maybe it's because of, like, the Penn State game. Like, he completely just wrecked the Penn yeah. State game for them. And, and you're right. Like, there's been, like, moments where he kind of, it's not as consistent. The consistency is not there. They get run over by Ohio's, I mean, by Michigan back-to-back years. Like they're running over like his side. <laughs> like, so it's like, you know, like, could we have like a little bit of that Penn State performance against Michigan? No, but I, I still think the, the, I, I think he's a lot like Jalen Carter. Like I think Fumalowau is, he'd have a little bit of just that absolute game wrecking ability. He's, he's maybe a little smaller than Carter, but yeah, like just a really good interior defensive lineman. Um, I didn't have any other real issues though. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Jared verse. I, I don't know as much about him. I'd feel better about Dallas Turner. If I was taking an edge today, like I think Dallas Turner may be a little bit better edge, but that's mainly because I don't know much about verse. So yeah, yeah I, I, I just would like to see maybe just another year. Yeah. It's not like last year where we saw some, <laughs> well, mostly Will Levis, but yeah, we really had an issue with some of the mock drafts last year and this year hey. it seems like it's a little better. <laughs> How, how surprised are you that we don't have Joe Milton in this top 10? Like, hey, I love it. <laughs> Joe Milton is everything that these mock guys love. Like he's got a huge arm and he threw an orange 125 yards. And like, how is he not here? I'm just very surprised. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're going to get to some other quarterbacks, which will be an interesting conversation. But 11, Emeka Buka mentioned him already as wide receiver too. 12 is Michael Hall, uh, another defensive lineman from Ohio State. Didn't really know about him a lot before last year. And then that opener against Notre Dame, he basically was the one who (laughs) won that game for Ohio State's defense. The Notre Dame running game just never got going, and it was mostly because of Michael Hall. I think we expected JTT, Jack Sawyer, some of those other guys to be the big names, and it was Michael Hall that was really doing the damage. The next guy, another interior lineman, Mason Smith, defensive lineman from LSU, who missed all of last year due to injury. I think he got hurt in the opener against Florida State. He did. And was widely considered to be their best player until that happened. And they still went and won the West. So 
I, I guess I would view him as a guy who could potentially be higher. I hundred percent agree. I think I think Mason Smith and Tumaloal are top ten talents for sure. And I I honestly think that they'll by the end of next year, I think you'll see them up there. I think those those will be two guys that will climb. Given yeah, Mason Smith would have been that guy already, but he yeah he got hurt and missed the whole year. Like he got hurt in the, I think he was against Florida State in the opener, didn't play at all. So we kind of forget. But I think he'll be a stud for LSU. I think that's yeah. You like kind of combine him with Harold Perkins on the edge. That's a really good uh, core of a defensive line right there. Next is J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Wide receiver Roma Dunza from Washington. We've mentioned him a little bit with the receivers. Jerzon Newton, a defensive lineman from Illinois. Man, they what a great defense they had this last year. And just another guy. And not gonna lie, like I don't know much about any of their individual defensive players. Devon Witherspoon was the top cornerback drafted this last year, and they had several others go as well. Um, yet another guy that people are high on. 17 is Michael Penix Jr., and this is finally quarterback three. <laughs> to me, the yeah. quarterback board after the top two, there's just tons of potential everywhere. Yeah. But I don't know. Like This next year will tell us what order they're going to go because, to me, I, I don't know that I have a strong feel after the top two on who should go next. Do you like Penix there at 17? Oh, do you like Penix there <laughs> at 17? Like, okay, I'm just going to – he played for Indiana, right? You've yep. seen him a lot. He's got a live arm. I've watched him yeah. play quite a bit. He's got a fantastic arm. Is it? It's a lot of concern, though, right, that he – he's not been consistent. Like we can just say that it hasn't, it hasn't always been the same performance <laughs> from him. And yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that what we're looking for? Is that kind of, is he kind of the, you don't want to say Anthony Richardson, but kind of the project, the guy with the huge arm that we're going to work on or cause that's, I've heard some people are, like already come out and say that, that he can make every throw that you want, but they question some of his decision-making is, I don't know. A lot of stuff that that's done in college is like predetermined reads and stuff anyway. Um, but I do think another year with Kalen DeBoer at Washington is only a good thing for him. Like, yes. I think, yeah, I, like, I expect him to have a great year. I expect Washington to be a tough out because of that. So like, I think he'll put up good numbers. Yeah. I don't know. I guess this feels about right. I didn't, I, I was going to ask you like how you felt about him. I, I like him. I, I don't know how much I like him. Last year, I did think he actually was quite a bit more consistent than we were used to seeing from him. Yeah. 31 touchdowns to eight interceptions, completed 65% of his passes. And I I like guys like this. Once you get past the very elite of the elite, like the top one or two quarterbacks in each draft, and some drafts have none, the very elite guys, you know what I'm talking about. But then once you get past that, I like guys that have – have talent, but have also played a lot. And he's already played a lot. Yes. And he's about to play another full season with some really good receivers, a really good coach. And to me, I wouldn't be shocked if we do see him go in the first round next year, just because he's been, I think at that point, he'll have yet another really productive year and he's going to have a lot of reps under his belt. He's not going to be that quarterback that comes in and looks overwhelmed. And, and I think the, like you mentioned the reps, 
How old is he? Like, do we have any idea? Because he's been around for a bit, and we've seen quarterbacks get kind of dinged this past year for being too old, like Hendon Hooker, uh, Stetson Bennett. Like, we're in the year – like, yeah. the COVID year is, is, is applying still. So these guys, they can be a year older before they come out. Like, they can – yeah, you'll get 25-year-olds in the Today draft. is his 23rd birthday. <laughs> okay. So not – he'll still be 23 when he gets drafted then. Like, right. just almost 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not too bad. Like that's it's not enough to get dinged for. I don't think. Like that's the sure. same age that Will Levis was. Um, we were fine with that. So, yeah. No, I, I I think I like it. I the thing I love about it is that he gets to be in that system. Like I yes. kind of keep coming back to that. It's working for him. Like it works. And yeah, the Pac-12 is tough. There's a lot of really good teams, and I think Washington is going to like they're going to be in the mix. They're going to win some games like some impressive games. Like mm-hmm. it's, they could easily beat Oregon again. Like like it, Washington has it all out in front of them. They won a lot of games last year and didn't get anyone drafted. I don't think they got a single player drafted. So that means that like there's a lot of talent coming back. Like you're a good yes. football team and, and everyone's still there. So yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So Xavier Worthy, the receiver from Texas is next on our list. Braylon Trice, you were talking about Washington talent, edge player um, for Washington who's played very well. Jeremiah Trotter, linebacker from Clemson. Just They have several linebackers that have a chance to be really good. Um, remains to be seen how good, but definitely a talented guy whose dad was an NFL player. Denzel Burke, corner from Ohio State. I'll just round out the top 25 here real quick. Quinn Ewers, we have another quarterback, Texas. Kalen King, corner from Penn State. Jack Sawyer, the edge from Ohio State, and then Kingsley Suomatiaia. I don't know if I nice. said that right, but offensive tackle well from BYU. <laughs> um, well done. Kind of looking at that that range there, um, eighteen to twenty-five. What stands out to you? I think Quinn Ewers going at twenty-two is yeah. interesting. Um, this is by no means how it's going to end up next year. Like there's going to be another full year of games that these guys will have to play. And some guys are going to fall and some guys are going to go rocketing up. Quinn Ewers is a guy that has the potential. If it works at Texas, he's got Sark there. Who's a great play caller. He's got Xavier Worthy, who you mentioned, great receiver. There's talent there. If it works, if everything clicks for that offense, like Quinn Ewers could be top five. Like he oh, yeah. has, he has that kind of potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Seeing him there at 22 felt a little low. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, I do think that there's obviously a chance that he doesn't play all that well, a little inconsistent like he was last year. And, and we don't yeah. even maybe even see him in the draft next year. Like maybe he has to transfer somewhere else or whatever, but <laughs> there's also that chance that we're looking at him as a top three pick next year. And I wouldn't be shocked by it at all. I do think if you're looking at quarterbacks three and four here, Penix and Ewers, I wouldn't be shocked if Ewers ends up being the guy just because I feel like, well, first of all, he's he's a little younger, and I think he's just more talented. Um, maybe mm. not significantly so. Penix has a good arm, but Ewers has, like, the howitzer. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. He was that top recruit in the country coming in and, I do think that most likely we either see this 22 be way too low or he's just yeah. not going in the first round at all, basically. Right. Right. Or like, or he doesn't, or he doesn't declare like he right. would just be a junior still at this time. Like he could, he could just yeah. stay and, and not declare. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, 
That one was, he is the outlier though. Like of all the guys, all the other guys here, he's kind of the outlier. I mean, the rest of them are kind of, there's a lot of defensive players kind of, you're getting into some, some edge rushers, linebackers, a corner, but a quarterback this late, like in the first round is it's, it's, that's a little bit different. Like Mm -hmm. usually quarterbacks in the, in the pre-draft process, they usually float to the top. They always do. They always quarterbacks just kind of, kind of climb the ladder there. I think, yeah, yours could easily go up there. Texas is an interesting team and I have, I have sworn off Texas. I am. No, (laughs) I'm not buying in like, show me. I have a strict show me policy with Texas. If you go out, actually beat someone, you go beat Alabama at their place, then I'm on board, but I have to see it first. Sure. But I could be, I, I may be slowly buy, buying into Texas and I know better. That's kind of the problem. I might be buying into Texas this year. All right. I'll just round out the, the first round here. Kalen Bullock, safety from USC. Travion Henderson, running back from Ohio State. Cooper DeGene, safety from Iowa. Andrew McCuba, safety from Clemson. Cooper Beebe, offensive tackle, Kansas State. Javon Bullard, safety, Georgia. And Raheem Sanders, running back, Arkansas. What do you think? <laughs> well, okay. First off, if Ohio State has all these first rounders, like I, I have so many questions about that. Like that's really interesting. I saw one mock draft that had nine. This was an NB. This was NBC. NBC had a mock draft yeah. that had nine Ohio State players in the first round. This consensus is seven, which is quite high. If I mean Georgia set the record last year with five. Like, like you're blowing out the record if you have seven and then nines almost double the record. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand how they lose a game if they have that much NFL first round talent. I really don't. That's crazy. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't know. Like, well, like another Iowa defensive player, we've seen them get drafted. I mean, they had what two this past year that were first rounders. So that feels, yeah, that's not, that's not abnormal. Um, Javon Bullard, safety of Georgia. I yeah, probably about right. I think. I I do feel like there's 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 guys below it that I do feel should be higher. Yeah. Um, and some of these guys do need to drop. Like I think, I think Barrett Carter's a better linebacker than Jeremiah Trotter, or at least I think that he will be. Like I think that he he will be at the end of next year. Yeah, I don't, like I think there's gonna there's definitely gonna be risers and 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 some guys that that fall out. I think Jack Sawyer may fall out, like the edge from Ohio State. I didn't think he was that good this year. I didn't really see him wreck any games. So, yeah, I don't know. I hopefully that's not too harsh. I don't know. Is that harsh? No, I mean I, when you're looking kind of at the back end of the first round, you see a bunch of guys who you feel like are good players, but you're not sure if they're like just freaks. And yeah. it seems like there's always going to be freaks that rise over the course of the next season. Troy Franklin is just outside that list. Um, wouldn't yeah. be shocked if he climbed into it. Rocket Freak. Sanders, I, I really like him as a running back at Arkansas. I don't know if I see him as a first-round pick. Like, to me, he feels like maybe more of a – just kind of the speed back. Like, he needs to be one of your two or three running backs. Um, whereas if you're taking a running back in the first round, it feels like a, he's kind of got to be a featured guy. I don't know. That's – Hmm. whatever um going down the list yeah johnny wilson's not far away i mentioned him already i do think he's going to be that guy that maybe is getting a lot of first round love and, and we're all like uh you dropped a lot of balls <laughs> um yeah to me yeah. i kind of view him that way um blake corum and braylon allen a couple good big 10 running backs 
um, kind of in that next group there. Bo Nix is QB five second round. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting. Um, yeah, okay. Just, I just have one quick little point on Oregon. Yeah. Bo Nix was a Heisman contender through like week seven or eight yeah. of last year. Heisman contender. Mm-hmm. Troy Franklin's still there. I know you're like, you're having to replace offensive coordinator. So I do understand that. But Oregon and Washington are going to have really good offenses. Again, yeah. like they're going to have really, really good offenses and they're going to put up great numbers and win a lot of games. I don't know. Like I think a, a, a quarterback that has that much experience and is putting up big numbers, I feel like he rises. Like I feel like like Bo Nix is a guy, I know it sounds kind of funny, I think he could actually be a guy that goes up. I think quarterbacks, yeah, kind of tend to do that. I think Bo Nix could. Mm-hmm. So tell me, I have this little theory that I'm not even sure I believe it, but you okay. you tell me what you feel about it. So just kind of looking at this list, if I look down not just the first round, but down you know through the top 100 or so, it kind of stands out to me. I think I see more Ohio State. You sort of mentioned them than that yeah. before. Like I see more Ohio State than I would expect to see. I see a little more Penn State maybe than I would expect to see. I definitely see more Washington than I would expect to see. Yeah. Um, does that mean that maybe those okay, throw in Miami too? Once you get past the first round, especially, you see a lot yeah. of second rounders from Miami. Is it possible that those teams? might be slightly undervalued going into next year if they have all these supposedly really good players. <laughs> hmm. The, I think Washington is, I, I agree yeah. with you there. I think Washington is for sure undervalued. Can we, can we look up um, win total like the, like preseason win total? Like I don't, I know not all of them are out yet, but with a lot of teams, you can already pull stuff up. I know Ohio state's at 10 and a half. Um, which is fairly normal. I think, yeah, I think Alabama is also the same. And I think Michigan's actually also at 10 and a half, which is, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good number. I think you're valued about right. Mm, I think Washington, Washington, I would, I agree with you undervalued. Mm-hmm. What was the other team that you, you had mentioned one more team? Well, Miami. Yeah. Mentioned Miami and they have talent. Okay. But here, that could also be a train wreck. Oh like, yeah, because <laughs> like they brought in a great class. They I think they had a top ten recruiting class. Miami is replacing coordinators again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That could be. I a think train that's game. the one that I believe the least for sure. Like that to me okay. feels like a trap. <laughs> um, what what's their? I'm, I'm going to look up their um their 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 number really quick. Miami could. <laughs> it went it went so horribly so horribly wrong. So. Um, doesn't look like their numbers on FanDuel. Okay, they're not out yet. They might be somewhere. I don't know. I, I'm seeing. I, I'm seeing somewhere that they're projected around eight. Um, okay. Which, yeah, that's on. Yeah, that's on. I think it's on one of the uh, Miami website. Okay. Yeah, I. I don't know. That's that's probably about right. They're definitely going to have more talent than a lot of teams that they'll go up against. But they did last year too. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't true. Know. I guess yep. you remember when, when Miami played Texas A&M, dude, I was glued into that game. Yeah. I was like, I was dialed into that game. That was um, supposed by to the be way, a really big matchup. Yep. Big. There's some teams that aren't on here that you didn't mention. You did not mention A&M and you didn't mention Tennessee. And I think, I think that's a little mm-hmm. interesting. Like there was no, no mention of those guys. That's, I don't know. That feels, that feels a little light. 
Like I think I think AM, we know they have a lot of talent. Like they've had a lot of great recruiting classes. And we didn't have any of those guys up there. I think that might just be a miss. Like I think AM has the talent. And I think maybe they're not just being valued yet by by mock drafters. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. AM's top projected player right now is number 55, Bryce Foster. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Anything else kind of looking down through this list that stands out to you before we move on here? I think the running backs, you mentioned uh, Blake Corn, Braylon Allen, two very heavily used running backs mm-hmm. from the Big Ten, right? And we know that the NFL does not like heavily used running backs. Like, right. that's just kind of a fact. Seeing them go, and they're, they're going right around pick 40 is kind of where they're projected now. Right. Like, they're, they're, they're great talents. They're great talents. Really good running backs. I just, there's... Yeah, the NFL, they're definitely trending away from running backs right now. Like they want someone that that's a pass catcher that's lightly used, has a lot of hits left on him. They, I mean, because you're seeing a lot of a lot of backs that they draft high flame out after just a couple of years, like Zeke Elliott or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's interesting just to see how the, the positional value is changing a little bit. Yeah. Are there any quarterbacks? um that you felt like maybe should have showed up somewhere in these top two rounds or so. I'll kind of go down through the list. Shador Sanders, KJ Jefferson, JJ McCarthy, Jordan Travis, Michael Pratt, Tyler Van Dyke, Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler, DJ Uyunglele, Devin Leary, Cameron Rising, Cameron Ward, Riley Leonard, Joe Milton, Sam Hartman, Kyle McCord, Jalen Miller. I'll stop. But like (laughs) um, any of those you feel like could have a shot at maybe being a first round pick next year. Um, yeah, like not Jalen Milrow, not him. No. <laughs> um, okay, so Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler. Two yeah. names, interesting names. Spencer Rattler has has all the tools. We've seen it really work for him. And by the way, it was clicking at the end of last year. Like it was really working for, mm-hmm. for Rattler at South Carolina. Also for Jaden Daniels, finished the year very strong. J.J. McCarthy, like it, I was surprised to see him that low. Like hmm. – yeah, I don't know. I he, maybe he doesn't translate well. I I think that the way the games end up in like say KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, say they go and and they surprise some people. They beat LSU and they beat Alabama. They lose a couple of games, finish nine and three. He has a good year. Like there's no way he's not in the in the first round. Like he just is yeah. because of the teams that he beat and because of the the way the narrative shifts. I think teams. Yeah, I don't know. Like quarter a quarterback of a really good team does get a little extra benefit of the doubt. He really does. And so I think a lot of it will come down to games this fall. Like who wins? Does Ohio State win or does Michigan win? If Michigan wins again, then McCarthy is going to go higher than the third round. Like he's going to go in the first round, probably. Um, yeah, KJ Jefferson and I already kind of laid that out. If if Jaden Daniels goes to Alabama and beats them again, like he could easily go up. He really could. He has a lot of talent. So yeah, I don't know. It's I think. With quarterbacks in particular, so much depends on did you win? Like, did you go win the game? And then you get you your stock rises after that. Yeah, I look at some of these guys that have like a lot of production, but don't necessarily look like uh, like your typical six five, you know, NFL quarterback. Jordan Travis, yeah, um, Devin Leary, Sam Hartman. And then you kind of look at the other end of the spectrum where you have guys who have all the tools and you're wondering if maybe they maybe they have a really big year and they could bust into the first round just because of 
to kind of finally have the production to go with all the tools. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, would you be a guy like that? Michael Pratt, maybe? DJ yeah. U, DJ Uyunglele, like, yeah. Joe Milton, <laughs> who knows about <laughs> that one? But yeah, a lot of guys to keep an eye on for sure. Well, okay. Like, so if Milton, say, say Joe Milton pops off and Tennessee has a very similar year to what they did last year and Milton mm-hmm. is throwing the ball 70 yards down the field and looks great. Are like, are you going to stand there and tell me that he's not going to just catapult up these rankings? Like, I, yeah. I just, I think they can't help themselves. So, yeah, like, does that make him necessarily a better quarterback? Not, not really, like, not necessarily. But yeah, he was able to throw the ball really far, and they won games, and so therefore he will jump. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, is it maybe it's not even really fair that the quarterback quarterbacks are often nitpicked on whether or not they won or lost a game, and. Yeah, I don't know. It, maybe it is fair. Maybe it's not. I, I haven't. I haven't completely decided. Jordan Travis was an interesting name you brought up. The guy mm-hmm. from Florida State. I don't know how him or even Shador Sanders. Like, how do they translate? Like, how? Like, they're mocking fairly high. Like, how are these guys translating? How do they see these guys as top? You know, sixty um, prospects yeah. right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think on Jordan Travis, I'm 100% convinced that he's a great college quarterback. Like if yeah. we were just doing a draft for who you want this year in college, he would probably go top five or six. Like he would be right up there. Yeah. As far as the, as far as the NFL goes, like, yeah, I have no idea. Um, that's one of those that I, I don't know that I have any strong opinions. Anything else hmm. before we move on here? No, not really. Okay. Um, not a whole lot else to talk about. Some portal news. Peyton Thorne, the Michigan State quarterback, has now transferred to Auburn. I think – I don't know. Like, I I think most people would probably assume he will win the job. Um, TJ Finley is now entering yeah. the portal, but I don't know that he was I, – I don't think most people thought TJ Finley was going to be the quarterback for Auburn this year. Um, they do have the other guy, the runner, Robbie Ashford, does this just kind of give them like now they now have kind of a decent passer to go along with a decent runner? Like it just doubles their chances of being solid, basically. I think when you like, so you have Hugh Freeze. Like, I, I think he's OK. He's he wants if if it all falls apart for Robbie Ashford, who Ashford's tremendously talented and has the higher ceiling of the two for yeah. sure. Like Robbie Ashford could make it all really work. But when it's bad, it's awful. And so maybe like he brought in like an insurance policy almost that if if it is just completely falling apart, then we go to Peyton Thorne. I expect Robbie Ashford to be the day one quarterback for Auburn. I think like I would be surprised, very surprised if he's not, because I think that's kind of what Hugh Freeze wants to do. Like Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze in like he he's had a number of quarterbacks that are kind of not not only running, but definitely dual threat. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does go with Peyton Thorne. I like. I guess yeah. Anything could happen, but I, I would still be surprised if that if it if it is Thorne as the starter. Where I do think Thorne could fit in pretty well is Freeze is smart enough. I think he does a good job of just scheming dudes open. Yeah, and so Thorne could just kind of be the point guard. You know, just find the easy pass, hit hit the layups, um, right? March down the field a little more consistently. Whereas yeah, Robbie Ashford is the guy. Maybe you throw out there if you're trying to trying to go ten and two this year, which yeah. <laughs> newsflash, Auburn is not going ten and two this year. <laughs> hey, do not say that out okay. loud. Do not say that out loud. That 
Auburn magic is a real thing. <laughs> That's true. All right. Anything else? Uh, any any other bits of news or anything you want to talk about today? The one thing, and I don't like. I know we didn't prepare for it at all, mm-hmm. but just checking back in on lines, see if there's been any movement in the off season. Mm-hmm. So we got some lines for some of the big games, right? Like, and this was this was very very early on. I think this was not long after the title game, really. We've yeah. had so we've had some out for a little while. I saw like the Michigan Ohio State line has moved. Um, you can it started off at almost even, or maybe Michigan favored by a point. I saw some of both. This was when they let it when they released it the other day. I think two days ago, I saw uh, Michigan that that now they've now they're now favored by three points. Wow. Just a little bit of movement. I like two points is worthwhile. <laughs> so maybe if you want to get Michigan now might. Yeah. Maybe now's the time. Interesting. Or yeah. I don't know. Like I just, I, I think line movements always, always fascinating. Are there any teams that you feel significantly different about after spring or is it oh. just hard to tell? It's so, it's so hard to tell. Like, I think I feel decent about Colorado. But then, like, they don't have any players, huh? So, like, yeah. <laughs> like no one's currently on their roster. So, it's like, well, we don't know what they're going to look like. Like, how am I supposed to know what they're going to look like? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yes and no. <laughs> like, the, the answer is I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure with them. <laughs> Do you feel a little worse about Alabama with me? <laughs> okay. That was that was mean. That's mean-spirited. <laughs> I'm worried about Alabama, man. Like, okay, you follow me here. They were 10 and 2 last year without Bryce Young. They're 8 and 4. That's an 8 and 4 football team without Bryce Young. Bryce Young ain't there no more. He's playing for Carolina. Tyler Buckner? Okay, you brought in the guy. <laughs> you brought in an offensive coordinator who had brought in a dude to replace Buckner, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm like, you're a Notre Dame fan, so you know this better than me. But he he recruited Hartman so that he wouldn't have to have Buckner, right? Am I yeah. wrong there? And then he so goes then, to Alabama where he thinks he has better talent to work with, and then he decides, oh, crap, I need to go get Buckner. <laughs> he sees a spring game and then goes and brings Tyler Buckner. It was like, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. I, I'll just say this currently, currently, I'll just, just a little teaser. Alabama's going to finish not first in the in the West. They're not going to finish second in the West. I think they're going to finish third in the West. Ooh. I think two. I think two teams jump up there and get them. I do. I really. Spicy. I really do believe that. Yeah. No. Hot take. That that one's that one's that's a warm take. So, I I really feel that way. They weren't a good team last year. They were not. And Bryce Young covered up a lot of a lot of holes for that team. So yeah, they don't have them anymore. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think we'll learn pretty quickly too just what they're about. I think Texas will be a test for Alabama early. Yeah. I think it's, it'll be, it'll be fun. I don't think they're very good. To answer your question. I agree with you. I do not feel good about Alabama. Yeah. I think that maybe Kevin Steele will stabilize their defense a little bit. We're going to see a return to 2014 Alabama where it's try to just win every game with defense in a run game. Honestly, that's their best bet. Like if they have some elite defenders, they really Mm -hmm. do. They've got a, some good offensive linemen, and they've always had good running backs. Just yep. go run the ball. Like you could, you can go eleven and one, ten and two at the worst, just mm-hmm. by doing that. If they just take the air out of the ball and just run the ball, Alabama's more talented than anybody that they'll play in the regular season. 
So yeah, like, no, I agree. I just, I think it's hard to do that. I think it's hard sure. for like for a team to, to switch styles just overnight. I think it's very difficult. I do think that actually that might be a way that Tyler Buckner could be valuable to them because he is good in the zone read and he is yeah. like, he will pick up 30 yards if you give him that crease. So does that mean Alabama goes 12 and 0 and then loses to Georgia and then loses maybe in a playoff or a New Year's Six bowl game? It it might happen because I don't know if they can beat the really elite teams with that style of offense. Like they didn't they didn't win the title in 2014, remember that? Right. Or right. 13. And I feel like this might be a reversion to we're just going to try to outman everybody and we're going to be able to do it 93% of the time, but not quite every time. I think people forget that in, in the talent composite, Alabama is the most talented football team. Yeah. Like they have more than everyone else mm-hmm. and they recruit. I mean, he might've just brought in his best class of all time, like at, or at Alabama. So yeah, like they, they've got dudes, they've got dudes. And I, yeah. I, I think it's, it's how they use them. I, I, I would root for that. I think that's the Alabama that we signed up for just like the physical, like, yeah, we're going to just kind of suffocate you, really. Kind of do what Georgia used to do. So sure. one 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 more line that I was just going to mention, um, Michigan versus Penn State. This is Michigan going to Penn State. Michigan only favored by a point and a half. Wow. I, I love Penn State this year. Like, yeah. I think Penn State could win. I think, okay, are we ready for two hot takes? I'm, I'm going to go with two hot takes. I said Alabama will finish third in the West. I think Ohio State will finish third in the East. Wow. I think it's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm down on them mainly because the quarterbacks that left, I think, will be harder than they expect to replace. Hmm. I do. I think C.J. Stroud was elite. I don't think Kyle McCord will be elite right away. I think it's going to take some time to get there. I think Bryce Young was elite, and we don't, we don't, we do not think that any Alabama quarterback that they have on campus right now is elite. I think it's going to be hard to replace. And some of these, some of the rest of these teams have caught up with them too. By the way, like Michigan and Penn State are are good teams that can compete with Ohio State. And the same with I think LSU and I think I think A and M. I think those two teams can beat Alabama this year. I have just a few things to throw out for you. I think Iowa is going to win the West, the Big Ten West again. Okay. Um. Really. I like some of the things they've done oh. on the portal. I know, I know, they still got Brian Ferentz, but they're dude. They can't score, huh? Like how it, it hasn't stopped them from winning the West before. <laughs> I know they uh, Cade McNamara, solid quarterback, which for them is might as well be Tom Brady. Um, yeah, <laughs> they just got they just got Caleb Brown, a receiver from that. Ohio State, who's yeah. very talented yeah. player, who I think was from Chicago. Um, Mm-hmm. Just a freshman last year for Iowa State, like he's immediately going to be their best receiver. I'm convinced. Yeah. Um, Eric All, tight end, who was good for Michigan, is there as yes. well. Yes. I think now this is going to be crazy. Like, I think with that level of talent and offense, they might be able to score 20 points a game this year. I know they need to score 25 for Brian to keep his job. Yeah, I was going to say they can score 20 and win nine games doing it. <laughs> Oh, that's so it's so painful though too. Like their their defense is legit, really good, really really good. Yeah. And NFL teams are also respecting it too. Like they're getting guys drafted in the first round. Yeah, I their offense is is absolutely awful, absolutely awful. Yeah. Iowa in week two, 
Iowa goes to Iowa State. So it's mm-hmm. at Iowa State. Currently, Iowa State favored by a point and a half. Wow. Um, that's a game that you will need to have. I'm putting you in the you're on Iowa side, and I am not. So like we have to this. You've already go ahead and, and declare that you're on team well, Iowa this year. That's I shouldn't I shouldn't say I'm predicting that as my final prediction. It's just I'm starting to lean that way more. I've been on Wisconsin. Yeah, I have. What, what's wrong with that, huh? I haven't been very encouraged by things I'm hearing about Tanner Mordecai. Well, it's been so, rough. You're right. You're yeah. right. Phil Longo, though, we're gonna figure it out. Right. I was. True. I mean, Wisconsin's gonna be chucking the ball all over yeah. the field. One more thing for you. Just one more line to throw out there. Texas at Alabama. Okay. Alabama is a yeah. seven and a half point favorite right now. Yeah. At seven and a half, you got that half point. It's a little juicy, I think. Like it's fantastic. Just taking the points there. Texas plus seven and a half. That would be very tempting to me. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Also, well, okay. Never we can't get into gambling this or okay. Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska's only favored by seven and a half going to Colorado. I like Matt Rule. I like them a mm. lot. I would be on Nebraska. I think I think Colorado's a little overhyped currently. And they currently don't have any football players, which is a problem. Yeah. And like <laughs> they're not going to get to 85 scholarship players. I guess you don't need 85, but man, that's nice for depth. Like that's really sure. nice for depth. So yeah, I would I would be there. One one question. Who just I just off the top of your head, first first thing that pops in, who's gonna win the Pac 12? I th- oh man, I think USC because I feel like Utah might take a slight step back. It could very well be Washington or Oregon as well. Yeah, to me though, those feel like the top three or four. I j- oh man, like you're talking about a bunch of imperfect teams out there. But if you're talking about what's the best thing that anyone has, the best thing anyone has is USC's offense, I think. I would argue that Washington's could almost go point for point with with USC. Maybe. Very close. And I think, like, Utah is a matchup nightmare for USC. I'm not taking – I would not take USC versus the field. But if I had to pick one, I think I'd pick USC. The Pac-12 is the – deepest conference in all of college football this year Hmm. like there's more good teams there ucla we're not even talking about ucla ucla was good last year they were really good like i chip kelly's still there they brought in a a five-star quarterback i think they're going to be really good again this year Mm -hmm. so yeah no there's a lot of good football teams out there i i would probably lean i would probably go oregon i think i i would oh (laughs) i think i would i yeah, I think I would. He's had a he had a good recruiting class. He's brought in some talent in the portal. This is Dan Lanning. Bo Nix mm-hmm. comes back. I would probably lean Oregon right now, but there there you could pick one of six teams, and no one could call you crazy because they're kind of all like you could easily see that happening. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw two games at you real quick from week one. Okay, and you tell me in five seconds who's gonna win. Just your initial reaction. These are both very mm-hmm. close on the spread. Okay. South Carolina, North Carolina. South Carolina. All right. I think I agree, by the way. LSU, Florida State. LSU. I, I think I think LSU is is really undervalued. I think they're gonna win the West again. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think Kelly's done a good job there. Mason Smith comes back. 
Jaden Daniels stays there. Malik Neighbors, a good receiver, still there. Harold Perkins, another year as an edge rusher. Florida, I mean, LSU is going to make noise, I think, in all of college football. I I don't have them. Have you thought about your, your playoff yet? I put together a playoff mm. in my mind just the other day. Just put four teams together. Like, who do you, like, realistically, after these games are played, who, who's getting it? Like, who's four? Like, who's your four? LSU's right there. Like I, they were right on the edge. I couldn't decide if, whether to put them in or not, but they were, they were right there on the edge. Yeah. I think they're going to have a really good year. I, I'm coming around more and more to the idea that they could repeat in the West. Um, is it, is it ironic that if Bama wanted a backup quarterback, maybe they should have, well, I guess they couldn't because it's SEC at SEC, but Garrett right. Nussmeyer, if Garrett Stud. Nussmeyer with LSU's backup was on Alabama, I would feel a lot better about their team, ironically. Nussmeyer's a stud, too. Yeah. I'm very surprised that they were able to hang on to him. Sure. Him and then, like, Malik Murphy at Texas. Mm-hmm. Two, like, two guys that I'm just – that won't be playing almost at all unless someone gets hurt. Yep. Stayed there. I was, like, shocking. That's that's wild because Florida's desperate for a quarterback, man, and Auburn was until yep. they got one. Alabama even was. Yeah. No, no, I like that. That's – you you say South Carolina, North Carolina. Is that game that's at North Carolina, isn't it? Yeah, it I is. believe North, so. Yeah. North Carolina favored by a point and a half right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I would take South Carolina on the road, road dog. I, I would. I, I think um I, I really liked the energy that they ended last year with. And I really like the recruiting class. I think North Carolina losing Phil Longo, like we've we've mentioned that. I mean, so loss. many times. It is a big loss. Like that matters. Drake May is a great quarterback, but you you lose an offensive your your offensive coordinator, kind of the brains behind the organization. What guy like that offense was fantastic for a while, and mm-hmm. we don't know if it's still going to be great. So, yeah, I, I think I would take South Carolina right there. And and they replaced Longo with Chip Lindsey, who was the OC at UCF, and just looking at his resume, like. There's nothing that really just stands out. He was also the OC at Auburn for a couple of years. Yeah. Under Malzahn, of course, um, which is who was at UCF now. Like, so I don't know. I, to me, it feels like a clear downgrade. And they lost Josh Downs. And yeah, I don't know. There's I'm not sure how to feel about North Carolina this year, for sure. Do you have, do you have fan duels? Um, do you have fan duel pulled up right now? Just the spreads. Are you looking uh, through that at all? I just I was just it, I can pull it back up. I was just looking through like just some 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 bets that you just want to hop on like early on and oh yeah good goodness gambling's a terrible thing but <laughs> like okay Michigan State Washington it's it's at ten and a half points I know it's at Michigan State but like Michigan State couldn't couldn't be there the momentum for that program right now couldn't be much worse. Like it's really bad yeah. right now for Michigan State and Washington. It feels like they're only trending up. It feels that's like that's a number- terrible matchup for Michigan State's defense. By the way, they're they're awful against teams that air it out. Yeah, that number's at ten and a half, and it feels like it's it could easily climb to just over two touchdowns before before the game. Mm-hmm. So like, why not go ahead and get it at ten and a half when you think it's going to go to yeah fifteen? You know by by September. So yeah, I don't know. Like that stuff like that. Like if you can find some some stuff early, it's it's yeah. worthwhile. Michigan State is also just a twenty four and a half point dog to Ohio State. Kind of a similar issue there with the style of play. I would also be on that one too. Just yeah. if you if you can find a few teams like that that Vegas is overvaluing right away, 
capitalize on it early because Vegas will figure it out. So, right. That might, that might be one to pay attention to when we're doing our locks next, next year. Yeah. It's getting close, man. It's getting close. That's actually not that far away. We're in May now. So it's like just a couple of months. Yep. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. Like and subscribe. Um, It really does not cost you a thing, man. Just give us a like. It's great. We, We appreciate it. Have a great week and God bless you all.